Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescents, ours and theirs. This episode is about acne, but it's not about why we have acne as much as it's about how to not have acne, which is an incredible way to think about it. And it's the way that kids who have acne want to think about it. And frankly, it's the way that adults who deal with acne want to think about it. We came across a scientist named Yug Varma. And Yug and his partners are innovating in the space of acne. What they're doing is they're looking at the microbiome, which is the forest of organisms that live on the skin. And they are looking at new treatments for acne that acknowledge and honor that microbiome. It's a really different kind of episode for us because it might sound at times like an endorsement or an ad, and it's not. We are not being paid for this and there is no exchange of anything it's just amazing science. And we wanted to share what Yug is doing at his company and with his product with you. It's so cool and so fascinating. I learned so much, not the least of which is that Yug is a master at metaphors, which you'll soon hear. Have a listen. If you have questions, write to us because this is a complicated and fascinating topic. And we think it will really help you understand the skin. Hi, Yug. We're so happy to have you here. 
Hey, Cara. Great to see you. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad to be on your podcast. We are especially excited to talk about acne because it's something that we get emails about, calls about, DMs about, and maybe the children who live in our homes have handled their fair share of acne, back knee, chest knee. So we're excited or my to talk favorite, about knee. Butt knee. Butt knee. <laughs> so we're excited to talk about all of it. Um, and I'm especially excited to talk about it with someone who is trained in microbiology and specifically in the microbiome, because we're going to get into a lot of that. But let's just frame the conversation for the listeners. How did you find yourself back in the world of teen acne after? And I don't even know if you lived here before when you were a teenager and survived this world of teen acne, but you could tell us that too. But as someone who trained in microbiology, how did you land here? Well, it's an interesting question because as you said, my training is as a scientist and you know, I was doing academic research here at UCSF several years ago while also developing the, the technology that's the foundation of our company called phage technology or bacteriophages. My focus was to use this amazing technology to solve a number of problems, infectious disease, chronic disease, all of those. At the time, I was you know, fine-tuning the, the technology and the business idea, and I was trying to apply it to something that I thought would be a great first step a great market in which to kind of showcase this technology. And that's when I found my co-founder, Maria, through kind of an entrepreneur message board. So Maria is sort of a pharma exec. She's had acne her whole adult life, ever since she was a teenager. And she's had, she's tried everything under the sun. And, and you know, a lot of this will ring true with, with your listeners because this is almost the universal experience of acne sufferers. She tried everything under the sun. And she tried three rounds of Accutane. And for those who fortunately have not been under the influence of Accutane, it's pretty brutal. It didn't cure her acne. It did give her liver damage. And so she has a restricted diet and, you know, a whole host of complications. And so she was really, really passionate about solving acne. You know, it was a huge personal pain point for her. Uh, and when she met me and, and we, you know, chatted and she realized that I was working on this for acne, that's when it all just kind of clicked. And she was like, all right, I'm in. And, you know, it's, it's been a long journey and it's been great, but that's really what pulled me into acne, which was me saying, oh, I have this cool technology. I want to apply to something. Acne sounds like the perfect first thing. And Maria saying, oh, I've had acne all my life. You know, if you can solve it, if I, if I can help you, if we can do this together, that would be great. And so that's how I ended up here. I love that story because it's about partnership inspired by both personal experience and expertise, which I think is sometimes the most fruitful relationships come from those two things. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about like what the biological foundation is for acne before we talk about, you know, how to treat it and how your technology and your approach is unique. I want to review for people what the foundation is, what we're talking about. That's a great place to start. I mean, the fundamental observation is kids don't get acne. And by kids, I mean like prepubescent, like little children, right? They just don't. They're almost bulletproof when it comes to that. And the reason is that their microbiome, their skin microbiome, 
And just setting the table here, the microbiome is this community of microbes on our skin. I think of it as a rainforest on your skin. So everyone has a rainforest's worth of diversity on our skin, and we don't even know it. This rainforest is invisible, right? Its trees are made up of bacteria, viruses, fungi, these little microbes that, that you can't see. And this forest, when it's healthy, it's diverse, just like a rainforest. But more importantly, the microbiome is this protective layer that sits on our skin. It keeps us healthy, prevents us from being sick every single day because we're touching stuff, right? We're picking up stuff. We're in the dirt. You know, we're, as parents, uh, handling a lot of poopy diapers. <laughs> and kids <laughs> are disgusting. I mean, kids are so gross. They're touching yeah. everything. And then like my youngest used to put his hands on either side of the toilet bowl when he, his feet didn't touch the floor. And then sucked his thumb and just stick his <laughs> thumb in his mouth. Or picked his nose and ate it. I oh, mean, I like, mean, that's right? like, that's like child's play, Cara. It was so appalling, <laughs> but I'm like, I want him to be able to sit on the toilet by himself. And this, the thumb sucking is self-soothing. So I guess I'm just gonna be grossed out forever. Yes, kids are gross, but it's not translated into their skin. So tell us about how the microbiome either shifts or changes in order yeah. for that you know, to happen. And so, yeah, from, from when you're born, your skin microbiome is, is a little bit sort of in a flux state. Uh, it's not settled. By your first year, it's pretty settled. But what's interesting is it's sort of a kid's prepubescent microbiome, which doesn't have this one bacteria in abundance called C. acnes or cutibacterium acnes, right? So this bacteria doesn't really show up until puberty because what happens at puberty is your hormones cause a wholesale change all over your body, right? Hair's going out of places, you're sweating, you're smelling. And actually what happens on the skin is it activates your sebaceous glands, which is your pores get deeper. These glands that produce an oil naturally on your skin, they, they start pumping out oil. Now the oil is the main food for this one bacteria. And so now the bacteria is coming to the party saying, oh, now you're ready for me. And so from then on, for the rest of your life, C. acnes or cutibacterium acnes is a major player on your skin. Now, I will say you have C. acnes, Vanessa, you have it, Cara, I have it. Every adult on earth has this on their face. So it's not a question of, oh, this is, you know, unquestionably a bad bacteria. It needs to be removed. No, it is natural. It has a place in our microbiome. The thing is, as you grow out of teenagerness, your body enters into an equilibrium with this bacteria. It's like, I'm fine. You're taking up residence. You know, it's fine. You protect me. That's all right. When the C. acnes overgrows, that's when the problem starts because that's where the body says, oh, you've overstepped your bounds. I'm sending in the inflammation to kind of keep this in check. And that inflammation is basically pimples, redness, you know, uh, pustules, the, the acne. And so it's this interesting story about balance, right? This bacteria that we need, that we have, that all of us have, but all of us don't have acne. It's when it, the periods that we overgrow, right? When it overgrows, goes out of balance, that acne is caused. And so the solution is not to completely kill it or kill everything around it, but to go back to that balance state. And so that's all what you know we do. And that's what we're about. So let's dive into the solution because most of the products that are on the market Mm -hmm. are aimed at drying up the oil. And that is supposed to make it a less hospitable environment for the C. acnes. And the question I have is, as a physician who 
walked kids through these regimens for years, what I saw time and time again was that some number of them could hit a balance where they dried up the oil just enough that everything kind of came into a nice sort of homeostasis. But other times the products were over drying. And when the skin was over dried, then it seemed to me that there was some sort of signaling at the level of the pore, the sebaceous gland saying, oh my God, there is no oil out there and I need to work overtime and secrete lots more oil and get this skin moisturized. And so there was this rebound effect. And I remember it from when I was growing up and I certainly saw it in practice all the time where someone would, and I had this experience, I would use a wipe that was alcohol-based. I would completely dry out my skin for 24 hours. It was a miracle. And then 48 hours later, there was a whole new crop of initially little congested bumps and some turned into these big pimples. So it seems to, and tell me if that summary is is fair um, in terms of sort of how we think about the basics of treating it. And then it seems to me like there's got to be a better solution, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right on all those counts. So, you know, why does our skin make this oil? It turns out it's actually quite necessary because it's your natural lubricant for your skin. It keeps your skin moist, moisturized, hydrated. It provides that layer of oil that prevents your skin from losing too much moisture. And fundamentally, as we get older, it plays a big role in preventing fine lines, wrinkles, and and just keeping your skin looking good and supple, right? And we all seen that like excessively dry skin looks lifeless. It looks dull. And yeah, there's the, the appearance part of it, but it actually has a deeper role in skin health. So when we're saying we're going to dry out the skin to treat our acne, then what we're doing is we're hitting the indirect cause, right? We're trying to starve the main cause, which is the bacterial overgrowth, and saying we're going to take away your food and we hope that that kind of keeps you in check. Well, that's fine, but for, for just the reasons we stated, the oil is necessary. And to be sure, all products for acne are antibacterial. Everything from antibiotics to benzoyl peroxide to retinoids, which dry out your skin and, and, and kill the CF. Right, because the definition of antibacterial is inhospitable. The bacteria cannot multiply, they cannot survive. It's the same way that hand sanitizer is antibacterial and soap is antibacterial, right? Exactly, exactly. And so what they're doing is these harsh products, they're trying to kill the bacteria on your skin, but they don't stop at the bad bacteria. They can't because they're not directed. And because they're indiscriminate killers, they're wiping out both the bad and the good bacteria. And if you think of your microbiome as this rainforest on your skin protecting you, you're turning your rainforest into a desert every day, right? You're setting fire to your microbiome every single day, day after day. And at some point that has an effect. And and the other most common thing that acne sufferers see is they'll try something, it'll work for a few months, and then it stops working. And that's because you've depleted the microbiome so much that this this protective layer that naturally protects you is no longer there. So the moment you stop, the moment you ease up, and you have to because these products are so harsh, you have nothing to protect your defenseless. And the bad bacteria comes back, there's nothing to to contain it or hem it in, and it it just goes crazy. So in a way, you're you're kind of counterintuitively doing it. And, And acne is a chronic condition, right? 
No one ever said, oh, I remember those two weeks in eighth grade, I had acne and then I never had it again. <laughs> no one says that because it's a chronic condition. You have to deal with it for months and years. And so you need a solution or a, a, an approach that isn't harsh, that isn't drying, one that you can use every day for, for months and years. Can you explain to us, is it phage technology? Is that what you call it? Right. It's okay. phage. Bacteria. So can you explain it? That I'm a lay person. Mm-hmm a mildly intelligent layperson, but a layperson. Explain to me how it works and how this is kind of revolutionary as we think about treating acne or other issues, but we're really concerned with with acne right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, bacteriophage are, are probably the most interesting thing no one's ever heard about. They are harmless little viruses that exist all over the earth. They exist on every surface. They're in the oceans, they're in the soil, they're on all surfaces, they're inside us. There's billions of phages that pass through our body every day. And what they are, are these tiny little viruses that only eat and kill bacteria. They basically don't interact with human cells very much at all. And so all these phages are passing through your body harmlessly every day. Their really interesting property is that they're very, very specific for bacteria. So a C. acnes phage will only kill C. acnes. It won't even kill its nearest cousin or relative, you know, C. granulosum, C. avidin that you have on your face. So they're incredibly precise and they're nature's best defense against bacteria. Every two days, it is estimated that half of all bacteria on earth are consumed, killed, and turned over by phage. It's a biomass conversion wow. that boggles the mind. And so it's, it's really a very interesting organism. How are so, we not talking about this constantly? Like I'm completely fascinated. I feel like my body's like a cruise ship full of like little phages like running around. This is bananas. Okay. So there are billions and billions every day, just like mm-hmm. it's all going on. And it's yep. like the silent disco where everyone has their headphones on and no one knows <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- there's even more mind boggling facts, but I'll just go back to the fact Wait, that- give us another mind boggling fact. All right. Think of every star in the universe, not, not in our galaxy, not near our solar system, in the universe that we can observe, that we think that exists. For every single star in the universe, there's between a hundred million and a billion phages on Earth. Oh my God. Wow. They're the most abundant life form on the planet. It's pretty impressive. And the thing is- That no one knows about except No you. one knows about. We barely <laughs> scratched the surface. We think we know how diverse it is and the genetic diversity in these phages. We, we just don't know because no one's really studied it comprehensively. The more we look for, the more we find and we just keep looking. And they're highly targeted. So it's almost like mm-hmm. a yin-yang system where if there's a bacteria, that bacteria has a phage- that is designed to complement it. And if there's a different bacteria, a new phage evolves designed to complement it. Correct. That's and amazing. So I, we are going to get to acne, I promise. But is climate change affecting this phage, anti-phage, whatever, however the yin and yang you want to talk about, is it being affected by climate change? Almost surely, almost surely. But what I will say is that the viruses will be fine. They will outlive us. (laughs) The the phages will outlive us. And they're incredibly adaptive. One of the biggest advantages is with antibiotics, bacteria is a problem because bacteria mutate and they evolve a resistance to it. Well, phages also kill uh, bacteria just like antibiotics do. But the advantage is 
that viruses mutate faster. And so if a bacteria develops resistant to a phage, the phage, in a matter of weeks, you'll be able to find a phage that overcomes that resistance and kills that bacteria. And it's like starting a race with, with antibiotics, you're starting a race, you know you're going to lose very fast. With viruses, you're starting a race against bacteria that you are guaranteed to win. Hey, it's Cara. We all know puberty isn't always easy. One of the trickiest pieces of the puberty puzzle is boobs. When will I get them? Why are they so tender? And why does every bra out there seem to pull, push, pad, itch, scratch, or be so flimsy it doesn't do a thing? That's where Umla comes in. It's a company that makes puberty comfortable, a company I founded with my friend Julie. When our own daughters began the puberty journey, we couldn't find a decent starter bra anywhere. So we made one. It fits perfectly whether boobs are just starting to bud or they've been growing for a few years. We call it the Umbra. And it's game-changing. The Umbra is made from buttery cotton that feels like second skin, ridiculously soft and so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing anything at all. Umbra's one-of-a-kind support comes from its patented layered design that creates gentle compression without any tight binding, which also means it doesn't need any bulky, awkward pads because it's built to seamlessly hide nipples and protect against those dreaded ouch moments throughout the day. Our daughters and their friends are done with puberty, but they still love and wear their Umbra's. It's why we say that the Umbra may be your first bra, but it will definitely be your favorite bra. Come say hi, look around, and find your Umbra, plus lots of other puberty info, at myoomla.com. That's M-Y-O-O-M-L-A dot com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors ready-to-eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never-frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep 
and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. That is an amazing thing. I just want to say it slightly differently. Vanessa, because I'm not sure for people who are not trained in because science. I'm not a doctor. Um, I want to I like I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a slightly different way of saying this new piece of information that I've just learned. But we know that if you take a colony of bacteria and you put it on a on a petri dish and then you bathe it in antibiotic. We know that the antibiotic will kill some percentage of the bacteria, depending upon how effective the antibiotic is, it could kill 50%, it could kill 80%, it could kill 99.9999%. But there will be survivors. And the survivors survived because they either had the genetics or quickly evolved the genetics to survive that environment. And so what happens is it's just a matter of time. If a larger percentage survived, it's a shorter period of time. If a smaller percentage survived, it takes longer, but the ones who survive regrow. And that's what we call resistant organisms. That's why when you go to the doctor and you get a prescription for an antibiotic, number one, you're supposed to take it a certain number of times a day for a certain number of days. And number two, 
if you don't get better, they will switch the antibiotics, right? So by the way, correct me if I'm not saying this accurately because you're the microbiologist in this environment. But my understanding, what I'm hearing here is the beauty of the phage system is that that phage can wipe out the same, whatever it is, 50%, 80%, 99.999% of the bacteria. The difference is the bacteria that survive and regrow are facing phages that then mutate. And yes. And so it's not like you just have penicillin and that's it. And that's your fun. It's like this schmoo-like structure, this evolving, ever-changing where both pieces are impacting the evolution of one another. And that is an incredible, that is very elegant. Um, And that's what happens inside our body and on our body all the time. But it is not what happens when we slam our body with certain medicines. Is that fair? That's exactly right. You got it right on the nose. So can we talk really quickly about other factors that influence the local environment? And then I would love to talk about how you actually put phages on the skin. But Mm -hmm. first, I'd love to go into nutrition for a minute because we know in pediatrics, it's a huge conversation with kids and their families about the impact of nutrition on acne. We know that nutrition impacts acne insofar as if you're eating a highly inflammatory diet with lots of processed foods and lots of processed sugars, you are more likely to have a higher level of baseline inflammation. And then things like acne, you know, once you trip into that, you're more likely to have a more severe case. On the other hand, we're very careful to say it's not the piece of pizza that you ate that made you break out. So there is not this one-to-one connection between what you're putting in your body and what comes out on your skin, but there is this kind of big picture connection. Can you speak to that in terms of the microbiome? Absolutely. And these are all interconnected systems. And so you'll see how, you know, one system affects another and none of these systems exist in isolation, but then like with, with the microbiome research that we have done to date, that is known as the full body of knowledge, we can piece together enough to understand what's going on, right? So it's not just diet, just generally, you know, uh, pediatrics and and, and adults uh, combined, there are many, many factors for acne. And we all know this, right? Diet, stress, genetics, hormones, these are all triggers for acne. But they're all, again, they're indirect causes to what's happening because each of these events or factors, they affect the amount and the quality of sebum that your body's producing. So let's take diet, for example. And everyone has different triggers and everyone has different thresholds. You know, we all have friends who eat, you know, pizza all the time and gorge on chocolate and have perfect skin, right? But that's really annoying. It really is. Gosh. <laughs> so I'll actually tell you what might be happening on their skin that makes them so bulletproof and impervious to acne. But food, right? And different people have different triggers. For some people, it's chocolate. For some people, it's oily food. Some, for some people, it's spicy food. What that does is your body responds by creating more sebum, right? So for me, I eat a lot of spicy food and then like makes me sweat a little. And, you know, then the bacteria go chomping on that. Then that makes me break out. For you, it might be eating a slice of pizza. For Vanessa, it might be, you know, eating a, a giant slab of chocolate. But whatever it's doing, the trigger is, Vanessa, have you been munching How on did chocolate? you know? How did you know? 
<laughs> There's like a chocolate bar under my desk. Wait, before you go on, I need you to define a term for us. Sebum. Uh-huh. Is that the mm-hmm. oil produced by the sebaceous glands or is that something else? It's exactly that. And it's okay. just, yeah, the oil that our face produces, that, that's produced on our face. And yeah, so each of these triggers with stress, you can see, you know, you're stressing, you sweat a lot, you're getting more sebum. Uh, hormones, you have a hormonal cycle. And so while all of these are, you know, different causes for acne, the mechanism is exactly the same. And you're going back to, oh, you're producing more sebum, the bacteria sees more oil, it overgrows, your body doesn't like it, therefore you have acne. Can you clarify one thing for us? The world talks endlessly about the female hormonal cycle mm-hmm. and the role of estrogen. The male hormonal cycle and testosterone, does it have similar or parallel impacts on the production of oil in a genetic male's skin? So hormones definitely play a large role in sebaceous gland development, production, et cetera. It's basically what happens at puberty, right? For boys and girls alike, which is your pores get deeper and the sebaceous glands activate. For women and and the estrogenic hormones, and especially the cyclical nature of it, because, you know, at puberty, women have this periodic, quite deep hormonal cycle. Whereas, you know, boys and men at that age and even into adulthood will have certain cycles, but it's no not nearly as uniform or as deep as that. And so that is just how it is. There's also, I think, I believe that androgen, so like testosterone, et cetera, do not trigger acne as much as estrogens do, which again is real bummer, isn't it? Just you're like, <laughs> oh. man, odds are stacked against me. In my cycle, my... <laughs> It's changed as I've gotten older, but like around my chin is where the the, the estrogens. Yeah. yeah, that's the playground in my cycle. Yog, we just met, but like I'm going to share all this personal <laughs> information with you. Hey, I, I deal with this day in and day out, so trust He's me. He's like an acting therapist. I totally. <laughs> Can I ask um, again? I promise we're going to get into the delivery of this, which I think is I, I'm just dying to understand that. But before we do. One more question about how things have changed. It's my observation in medicine that acne has gotten more severe over time. I have seen many more kids who are going down prescription paths at much earlier ages. Kids who a generation ago might have had a few pimples on their face now are covered, really covered, and the self esteem implications are enormous. Can you talk about why we are seeing that change? Because I'm wondering if in addition to hormonal cycling and the shifting of the timing of puberty, that it also has to do with this nebulous concept of stress, which for me really just means that cortisol is being released into the bloodstream at much more regular intervals and at much higher doses And it feels like either that must impact the skin or that cortisol is released from the adrenal glands and the neighboring area on the adrenal glands releases DHEA, which is a cousin of testosterone. It's an androgen. And that may have the impact. Is there data on that? Is this what you guys are finding in your lab? Or is it just sort of an anecdotal snippet that we're seeing and is not true? 
So, you know, I'll start by saying that your observation is exactly right. We know that acne has increased. So both in terms of its prevalence amongst teenagers or, you know, about 85% of us get acne at some point in our life. But the number of teenagers that get really persistent acne, that's not transient, that just sticks around, is stubborn, goes into adulthood, is higher. The time, you know, we thought of acne as a teenager's disease, but now the time in which you have acne is much longer. And just to give you some stats, about half of women in their 20s and a third of women in their 30s have acne. And the number is similar, slightly lower for men. Uh, And again, this has to do with kind of the androgens and the testosterone family that kind of results in that drop off for men. But over the last few decades, the incidence of acne and the persistence of acne has kept increasing and we don't know why. Just to give you a bit of perspective, whether you're in America or in Africa or in Asia or in Europe, acne is at about 85% of the population. Mm. And we think, oh, this is just a natural part of growing up, except There are some pre-industrial cultures where acne does not exist. So there's this very fascinating uh, tribal group called the Yanomami people in the Amazon basin. They've been studied extensively for their way of life, et cetera. and, And there are some microbiome work that's been done on them. The fascinating thing is in the Yanomami people, there is no known incidence of acne. None. Wow. Kids don't get it. Teenagers don't get it. Parents don't get it. Their skin is freaking flawless. Hmm. The big difference between their skin and our skin is their microbiome diversity is off the charts. Wow. It's, you know, worlds apart. And we think that is a key marker for long-term skin health. So yes, you're absolutely right. Do we know exactly what the mechanism is? No, for several reasons. I mean, the obvious one being it's very hard to study. And the other one is it's very hard to to baseline, right? Because at puberty, can you imagine trying to baseline hormonal levels? Everyone's hormones are all over the place, right? It's a zoo, hour to hour. Exactly. (laughs) And, And they're changing. I mean, that's the whole point of puberty is that you have acne, you treat your parents like crap, And you're just a raging ball of hormones. I think that's the constant. (laughs) And there's our pull quote. I was going to say, that's our tagline. (laughs) So tell us, how do we approach treating acne by treating the microbiome? What does it look Mm -hmm. like in your system? And when should kids begin Mm -hmm. to use products that address the diversity of the microbiome? Yeah. So I'd like to revisit those annoying friends we have that have perfect skin, right? So there was a study that was done looking at the microbiomes of people with acne and healthy people. And they're trying to figure out what's the biggest difference between these microbiomes. Maybe you can pick something out and and start to study that. What they found was the single biggest difference, really the only difference between people with acne and people who are healthy is C. acne's phages live on the skin of healthy people disproportionately larger proportion of healthy people have phages on their skin naturally, these acne phages. And so it gives rise to this hypothesis that those annoying friends of ours who eat what they want, wake up every morning just looking amazing and having perfect skin, chances are they're naturally carrying this organism that's like a gardener for their forest. It's keeping the bad bacteria in check, not letting it overgrow and giving you clear skin. So we decided to democratize this organism. We we put it in a bottle and we said, look, you may not be born with it. You may not naturally have it, but everyone should have the benefit of this organism that naturally keeps things in balance 
doesn't turn your rainforest into a desert and, you know, gets the job done, not just for now, not just for a week from now, but clear skin for life. How do people use it? You know, is it one step? Is it multi-step? Is it serums? Is it like walk us through the process? Sure. So our flagship product is the serum. We call it Fortify. It's in a green bottle and it has the live active phages that you you need to have clear skin. The whole kit is a three-step system and it's simple, it's comprehensive, and you know, it's meant to be used every day. It's formulated for sensitive skin. So it really is zero side effects. So you start off with a cleanser and it's a gel cleanser. It's non-foaming. So if you have makeup or you have excessively dirty skin, just wash it before you use this cleanser. This cleanser has salicylic acid. So it's meant to open up your pores, gently exfoliate, and just kind of prep your skin for receiving the serum. It also has tea tree oil, which is great. It's mildly antibacterial and, and is just very cooling and soothing to the skin. From the cleanser, you move on to your serum, which has the live active phages. And we recommend you use it twice a day, once in the morning, once in the night. And then we have a moisturizer for, you know, usually you, if you wash your skin and, and the serum's not enough to provide enough hydration, it just seals the moisture in and, and it's microbiome friendly. So it's compatible with the phage. It's compatible with your skin microbiota. It's not going to kill anything it's not supposed to. And in this immediate gratification world in which we live, how quickly do people see an impact? It depends. It depends on your skin, what's living on your skin, how much of it there is, your skin history. So people who've had acne for a long time generally see it be more stubborn. And that's because your body is a homeostatic organ and is responding to something. So we see what's called a residual effect. For some people, they continue to see breakouts, even though, you know, and, and we've done studies on this where we measure the microbiome has shifted. It's made a difference. Skin's not responding. There's a lag. It's because in some cases, the skin is so used to being at war with the bacteria all the time that it just pumps out the inflammation without stopping. And after a few weeks, it says, oh, wait, the cause of my inflammation is gone. It's been gone for a few weeks. And then it starts calming down slowly. So it really varies from person to person, but our product is a 60-day use. So you use it for two months. And that is because the vast majority of our consumers see a huge difference and that path to clear skin emerge in those two months. Does the body start to produce its own phages? Like, Is there like a modeling process where it learns from the external things you're putting on the skin and then it, it sort of mimics it? Or if you aren't naturally one of those people with clear skin, you have to use an external product eventually. I mean, your body has many, many defenses, but there's no defense that's like phage. Generally, those defenses are quite broad, right? Because it has to fight off not just the acnes, but pretty much everything else that might grow on it and cause problems. So, But I mean, if, if I use the product that's like phage, I'm borrowing phage from the product, mm-hmm. right? Does my body learn from that behavior? And then there's no way for it to then produce its own if it's not already naturally producing it? No, it, it won't produce its own. But the phage is living, right? So it can live on your skin. The interesting thing is, and, and we really don't know why this, is, why this happens, is that clearly, naturally, people with healthy skin have phage live on their skin for a long time. It just naturally occurs on their skin. When we've looked at people with acne skin, we apply the phage, it clears quite fast. It's not able to engraft. It's not able to take a toehold and and live there for a long time. We don't know exactly why that is. 
But we hope, and we haven't done longitudinal enough studies to know at this point, we're, we're working on it. But we hope that in time, whatever it is, a recalibration of your microbiome, your, your skin calms down, it'll allow the phage to take a toehold and then start to live on your skin forever. In which case now, you know, you have clear skin for life. And you said it's a 60 day product. Mm-hmm. After 60 days, do people go into maintenance in order to keep the phages on their skin? Absolutely. Like I said, acne is a chronic disease. There's no magic pill. We're not selling magic here. It's science. It's messy. It works, but you know, you've got to stick with it. If you don't have compliance, it's not going to happen. So let's talk about magic pills though, because lots of people ask us about probiotics Mm. and they think of oral probiotics as magic pills. Can you talk to us about how they and the gut microbiome work in concert with the skin microbiome? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of crosstalk. So the two places in our body where immune surveillance is the highest, think of it like, you know, the border between North Korea and South Korea, the armies on each side at high alert at all times, right? The two places in our body where that is at its max is your gut and your skin. And you can easily imagine why that is because in your gut, there's a ton of bacteria. They're great. They're healthy. You know, they're, they're beneficial for our body. But God forbid, if one of them slips past your defense and gets into your bloodstream, you are dead in no time. You know, very little can save you. So your body is like, great gut bacteria. You're great. Just stay where you are. It's the same with the skin because you're, the skin is your largest organ. It's, it's your biggest organ. And you're basically experiencing most of your life through it, right? You're touching stuff. You're coming in contact with stuff. And so it's really important for your skin to have a, an intact barrier. So obviously there's going to be a lot of crosstalk between the gut and the skin. And although there hasn't been a direct connection between the gut microbiome and acne, it has been seen that if you have larger amounts of systemic inflammation, then that acne trigger is a lot more sensitive. And you can understand that your body is now calibrated where every small thing makes it react. And, and that is usually what you see. Uh, so I'll just quickly end by saying that like probiotics are great for your gut. They do a lot of good, but there's very limited evidence that it actually has an, a discernible impact on acne. So when we talk about repopulating our gut, right? Mm-hmm. You hear that a lot. Are we essentially repopulating our skin by using the phages? I mean, is that kind of what we're, is that the end goal here to clear up acne? It's not just repopulating. You're doing something more subtle, but far more impactful. You're recalibrating it. You're taking a system that's out of balance and turning it into a system that is in balance. And it's a very subtle change, but it makes all the difference in the case of acne. You're taking the do-over, Vanessa. You're taking the do-over. No, no, no. What I love, Yoga, about what you do is you have awesome metaphors for like every example. My favorite is the border between North and South Korea, but the rain, <laughs> the rainforest is like maybe my second favorite. She will be quoting you forever. Thank I know. You. I'm like, oh, what else can I use that for? So one thing we haven't talked about is people's physical behaviors around touching, picking, popping, all of that stuff. Can you spend a few minutes talking about... because? There might be two other people on this podcast whose favorite thing to do, but they try not to do it is pop their kids' pimples. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. 
It's me and you. It's me and you. Hugh. It's not Cara at all. Of course not. My kids now like hide from me when they have a really good zit because they're like, <laughs> you don't, if anyone gets to pop it, it's me. You don't get to pop it. Talk about how that behavior can impact or not impact the kind of larger microbiome of the skin. So it's obvious that hygiene has an effect on acne, right? You wash your face regularly. That definitely has an impact. And it's it's pretty easy to see. Within a week, you'll see things clear up a bit. Uh, and the reason there is, again, you're removing excess sebum. You're removing the dead skin cells that plug up your pores and make that perfect environment for the sea acnes to grow, right? And so as you're clearing that out, you're you're going to see an effect. However, that effect is limited. And it's kind of disheartening because people with acne start to, you know, have more regular hygiene, see a difference, and then start thinking, oh, this worked, so more of this should work more. Unfortunately, that's not true. And because it has, you know, uh, diminishing returns, some people end up just rubbing their face raw and over cleansing and drying out their face and then are disappointed that they don't see the results. Well, you're thinning out your microbiome. You're washing it so excessively that you're not letting it regenerate. Popping pimples, yeah, it's it's real. The desire is is there. The pull is immense. But, oh, trust me, we know. <laughs> but I will say that unfortunately, that can cause scarring because you're bursting the, the surface of the skin. And yeah, hopefully your kids have uh, some good hiding places that <laughs> they can they sure, find refuge. They sure, they have a lot of defense mechanisms. Can you just tell us a cleanser? Because you talked about even if people are using your product or they're using something else, what kind of cleansers do you like that are not stripping mm-hmm. or thinning the microbiome of the skin? So we've done a lot of research on our products. And one thing we learned was that there are many common skincare ingredients that have a big impact on the skin microbiome. They cause these big shifts in the skin microbiome. So we went back to the literature to see if you know this was widely known, if people had studied this. And we found to our surprise that there's very little publicly available information. Now, do I think that big companies that make these kinds of skincare products know about this? Almost certainly. I mean, they have their eye on the ball. But through this research, A, it taught us how to make a product that is not impactful on the microbiome, that protects your skin and your microbiome. But B, I am now suddenly aware of a, a lot of cleansers and just skincare products in general, where I see, oh, wow, you have like a page and a half of ingredients. Maybe your skin doesn't need every single one of them. And so with cleansers, I feel like the less stripping, the better in general. Each person is different. And so, you know, each person will try and they'll say, oh, this brand is better than this because my skin just likes it. So I think that is a bit of a skincare journey that everyone has to undertake. But, you know, find something that is so like, for example, if you are makeup, you know, micellar water is great to take that stuff off. And then you use like a non-foaming cleanser. So you can build your own regimen based on your own personal experience and, and how your skin reacts to it. Yeah, and the foaming agent issue is one that's talked about a lot. Um, and there are chemical additives that make a lot of these products foam that also strip a lot of the normally occurring bacteria. And that exists in things like toothpaste as well. So SLS is the ingredient that I've always been taught to look for. But it's very, very true. I mean, everything that you're describing makes such good sense. And I can't believe this hasn't been done before. I think 
Vanessa and I are both completely wide-eyed during this conversation and our experience is totally unique from one another's. On the science side, this is incredible. On the parent side, this is incredible. On the personal side, it's incredible. And so I don't know about you, Vanessa, but I want to wrap mostly so I can just go figure out what I'm going to put on my face starting immediately (laughs) after this podcast. I want to wrap using as many of Yug's metaphors as possible, (laughs) all in two sentences. So Yug, we like to wrap with what we call practical puberty takeaway. And that is either something we talked about in the episode that we want to highlight or maybe something we didn't cover in the episode that we want to make sure people have information about. Cara and I will go first because we didn't tell you you were going to have to do this until just now. Um, Although I feel like you could roll with it if we made you go first. So we're going to go first. I will start. No, Cara, I want you to start because I always start and then I take your... your, She always steals mine, but she's not going to steal this one. Um, (laughs) Because I'm not a doctor. (laughs) So my take-home pearl is very personal. And it's that... As a parent who has watched her kids struggle with acne on different parts of their body over different time frames, it's incredibly, incredibly frustrating and painful to not know what the right approach is, even though I know what the right approach is. I come from a place where I am well-trained. I have gone to lots of meetings. I understand what dermatologists are going to prescribe, why, in what order, how they do things. And I still have watched it in my own home and waxing and waning and the self-esteem hits that come along with this and the implications of masking, which make much more sense to me after this conversation, because we haven't even touched that, but it's so clear to me now that the whole concept of maskne must be related to phages and the microbiome inside the mask. So, um, and you're nodding and I'm thinking I'm onto something, but for me, the take home is that like everything else in science, If we step outside of the box that we are used to operating in and we look at the problem from a slightly different perspective, sometimes the solution is right there. And this is an incredible conversation around a very different approach to an issue that has been around for decades, centuries. And I really appreciate your your clarity in explaining why you're approaching it the way you're approaching it. And I also appreciate the fact that even though puberty has a lot to do with this, frankly, this is an issue that transcends adolescence and goes all the way into adulthood and beyond. And I think that every listener will be listening, not just with regard to the kids in their lives, but also now with regard to their own skincare and their own routine. So thank you for educating us. It's, this was remarkable. My appreciation comes from understanding how hard our skin works to keep us safe and the focus on how it's failing us or it looks bad or it's breaking out or all of that, but really an appreciation for how much good it is doing and how it is protecting us and how we can better take care of it and protect it so it can do a better job of caring for us. That's really interesting to me. Flipping the flipping the narrative of gratitude for what our bodies do and the kind of 
unbelievably fascinating things that you talked about today. I'm like picturing a tiny rainforest on my face right now. A rainforest at the border of North and South Korea? (laughs) No, I was going to say the rainforest on my face and the marching soldiers in my gut. I'm sorry, everyone, for providing both of those images. It's just an appreciation for our bodies and all of the cool things that they do that are unseen and underappreciated, kind of like parents. And it's incredible. So thank you for that, like totally illuminating education. It was really interesting. All right, you you go last. Let's hear it. All right. I'm going to wrap my take-home comment around Kara's. And, you know, we've talked a lot of science, all of that's, you know, fascinating. But at the end of the day, really what kind of floats our boat, what keeps us going is there are a lot of parents who concerned about their teenager, the teenager's acne and wanting to help will say, let me look what's out there. And almost all of them come to us and say, I was so disappointed because all the solutions available to my kid are the exact same solutions that were there when I was a a kid and I hated them. I suffered through them. And I'm kind of surprised that nothing has changed. Nothing has moved forward. There has been no innovation. And it's fundamentally very disheartening because they know what's coming through, right? The kid will have to suffer. Things will work. Then they won't. You know, they'll bounce around from one thing to another. And so when we show them this approach, when we educate them about what's going on with their skin, their acne, it really gives them this outlet of, oh, someone's working on this. Someone's trying to innovate. Someone's trying to make a better product or push better science forward. And that's really our strong point. It's what we love to do. It's great validation. And yeah, whenever I'm feeling down, I just go to our website and read the reviews. <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit better <laughs> because it really makes a difference. And one last thing I will say is for mask me, Kara, you're absolutely right. It has everything to do with the microbiome. Mask on your face, you're sweating into it. There's bacteria on, on the mask that are transferring from the skin and then just staying there. So the biggest thing you can do to treat your mask knee is wash your mask or use fresh ones regularly. That'll solve most of your problems. It is amazing speaking with you. We hope that you will come back. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much, Yug. Thank you, Yug. This was so much fun, you guys. I really <laughs> had a blast chatting with you. And uh, yeah, Vanessa, I have a lot more fun phage facts. So I'm I this home. is I want you to write a book that's just called Fun Phage Facts. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on my coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.